1: Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Now, let's just think about this a little bit. We've already talked about we've already talked about how the others viewed Judas Iscariot. Let's think about how the others in the church see this group that Christ describes as many. What do they see? They see those who are preaching their hearts out. They see the, in the name of Jesus, they see people being saved through their preaching. And the others who see them, they say, I don't preach like that in the name of Jesus Christ. They, they're really in Christ, no doubt. No doubt they're gonna be in heaven. And they see them casting out devils in Jesus' name. Others see that and they think to themselves, I never cast out a devil in the name of Jesus. And he's casting out devil in the name of Jesus and it's not fake. I know it because these people really are being delivered from the devils. I never, for sure, they're gonna be in heaven. For sure, without a doubt. They see them doing many wonderful works in the name of Jesus Christ and, and others look at that and they say, i would never done those kind of works before like they do absolutely i'll see him in heaven but the astounding truth is that there are many christ said who preach and cast out devils and do many wonderful works in the name of christ and christ is going to say to them in verse in matthew 7:23 matthew 7:23 i never knew you depart from me you that work iniquity The fact is that all these people in that group, other many, they're saying to Christ, Lord, Lord, and they're not gonna be in heaven? No, why? They never knew Christ. They never knew Christ. Secretly, in his unseen heart, Judas Iscariot never knew Christ. He was working iniquity. Secretly, in the unseen heart of these many, they never knew Christ and they're working iniquity. They're just like Judas Iscariot. They call Christ Lord. Judas Iscariot called Christ Lord. They preach in Jesus' name. Judas preached in Jesus' name. They cast out devils in Jesus' name. Judas cast out devils in Jesus' name. They did many wonderful works in Jesus' name. So did Judas, so did Judas. What's the difference? They never saw themselves as dirty, rotten sinners. They never did. They never ran to Christ to save them from their dirty, rotten sins. They never knew Christ the Savior from their sins. They said they did. They said that they knew Christ the Savior, but they didn't. Judas said he knew Christ the Savior, but he really didn't. Now, why does Christ tell us these things? Why did Christ tell us that there's this group of many in Matthew seven twenty two who do all these wonderful things. Why, why does he say something like, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have not we prophesied in thy name, and thy name cast out devils, and thy name done, many wonderful works, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, you that work iniquity. Why did Christ tell us that there are many who look like a real follower of Christ, and they fool everyone, and themselves also, into thinking that they're really followers of Christ, but they're not saved, they're not really saved. Why did Christ do this? I mean, you think about it, they got everybody tricked, including themselves, and so you have to ask the question, I mean, it just begs the question, did Christ tell us that to make us feel insecure? about our own personal salvation? Is that why he told us that? I don't think so. Not the good Christ, no. He told us that so that we'll make sure that we're not part of that group of many who do all the right things. But inwardly, they're not really saved. Not really saved. Christ told us that so that we'll do what the hymn says The hymn says, in times like these, you need a savior. In times like these, you need an anchor. Be very sure, be very sure your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus. He's the one. This rock is Jesus. He's the only one. Be very sure, be very sure. Who determines that? Who determines if a person is going to know Christ as Savior? Who who really decides that? The person himself, not God, and not Christ. Christ wants everyone to be saved. God wants everyone to be saved. 1 Timothy 2.3, 1 Timothy 2.3, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. God the Father and God the Son Jesus will have every single person to be saved and according to 2 Peter 3.9, 2 Peter 3.9, they are not willing that one should perish in hell. But many are not saved and many do perish in hell. Whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? Don't look at God. Don't look at Christ. They want everyone to be saved. They don't want anyone in hell. Each person is responsible 100% for whether they know Christ as Savior. Each person is responsible to be saved. Judas Iscariot was 100% responsible to know Christ as Savior. Judas Iscariot was responsible to be saved. God did not foreordain, elect, or predetermine, or whatever word Calvin wants to come up with, he did not do that for Judas Iscariot to betray Christ and to be damned forever. God did not foreordain, elect, choose for Judas Iscariot to be sent to hell. Christ called Judas friend. He called him friend. In Matthew 26, 50, Matthew 26, 50, and Jesus said unto him, friend, wherefore art thou come? A friend does not foreordain, elect, choose for a friend to be cast into hell. That's not a friend. Christ said about Judas Iscariot in Mark 14, 21, Mark 14, 21, the son of man indeed goeth as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. Good were it for that man if he never had been born. Never had been, better, better, good. He should not be born, shouldn't have been born. Christ said it would have been better for Judas Iscariot to have never been born. Never been born, why? Because Judas Iscariot chose to betray Christ. Christ, it would be better for Judas Iscariot not to be born because Judas was not saved because he betrayed Christ. Who was responsible for Judas to be born? Not Judas, Christ. Why? John 1 3, John 1 3, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Christ made Judas, Christ made Judas to be born. If Christ foreordained, elected, or chose for Judas to not be saved and betray Christ, and then Christ would be responsible for Judas not being saved, and Christ would also be responsible for Judas betraying Christ. So when Christ said it would be better for Judas not to have been born, then Christ was wrong. Then Christ did not do good when he made Judas to be born. But because Christ did not foreordain, elect, choose, or whatever term Calvin wants to use, Judas had the ability in himself to be saved from his sins. And it was not Christ's fault that Judas was not saved, and that was Judas's fault. And every time that Judas heard that he was going to betray Christ, Judas had that chance to repent to be saved, that's why Christ warned Judas before, because he was appealing to Judas. Don't do it, don't do it, Judas. And the reason this is so important is because when we fall back and go back to this passage in Matthew 7, Matthew seven twenty one, where Christ said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. When he says, many will say to me, In that day, Lord, Lord, have not we prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, you that work iniquity. When he said that, he's warning everyone who thinks they're really saved, make sure you're saved from your sins and not just acting it out. Satan has introduced this Calvinistic predestination deception to take away Christ's warning to make sure of salvation. Why? Because Satan wants people to think, well, I'm either predestined to be saved or predestined not to be saved. Nothing can be done to change my predestination. I did the best I could. I prayed the sinner's prayer. I wrote it down in my Bible. I've been active in the church. And if I'm not really saved, it's just Because I'm predestined to not be saved. What can I do? That's a lie. That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. And God wants people to realize God does not do that. He doesn't predetermine who's gonna be saved. Every person makes his own choice. No one is forced into one or the other. And Judas made his decision. Judas made his decision to refuse to be saved, to betray Christ, and Judas made that decision, not because he was predetermined by God to do that, and that's the point of the Judas Iscariot history and how he was warned, and the betrayal hurt Christ, it hurt him to his heart. So much so that when Christ was, descri- was thinking about the betrayal of G- uh, 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 by Judas, He said it's just like the words that David said in Psalm 41, Psalm 41, verse five, Psalm 41, verse five. Where he says, mine enemies speak evil of me, when shall he die, his name perish? And if he come to see me, he speaketh vanity, his heart gathereth iniquity to itself, when he goeth abroad, he telleth it. All that hate me whisper together against me, against me do they devise my hurt. An evil disease, say they, cleaveth fast unto him. He's got cancer. And now that he lieth, he shall rise up no more. Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I've trusted, which did eat of my bread, he hath lifted up his heel against me. That's Judas. That's Judas. Now, we gotta wonder what triggered Judas so the pot of betrayal has been on Judas's stove for a while, it's been slow cooking, but there was something that happened that caused Judas to spring. There was this one event that triggered Judas to go and sell out Christ to the chief priests. And what was it? It's this woman. <laughs> this woman and the display of her loving devotion when she poured her most valuable possession, the ointment on the head of Christ, that infuriated Judas to the point where it pushed him over the edge. It pushed him. I mean, first, he was enraged and infuriated, and he protested, no, this ointment should have been cashed in for money. Could he given it to the poor? John 12, 4, 6. John 12, verse verse, 4. John 12, verse 4. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Judas saw that with that ointment was an opportunity for him to get money because the sale would have gone into his bag and he took money out of the bag. And we saw that money for himself poured out on the head of Christ. We can see Judas saying, No, 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 no. I can get a part of that money. What are you wasting it for? Judas thought about where else can I get money? Where else can I get some money? And that's when he realized wait a minute. The chief priest would be willing to buy some inside information, a little intel that I've got about Christ that'll enable them to arrest him. That's what Judas did. Now, let me just, side note here. The name of Judas is interesting. It's very interesting. Anybody know what the name means, Judas? Jew. It means Jew. My doctor's name is, 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 is Ben Yehuda, son of the Jew. Judas means Jew, Jew. Of the 12 apostles, that's the only name that appears twice. There's no two Jameses, there's no two Peters, there's no two Johns, but there's two Judases. Two Judases. And there is one apostle who is Judas. That's Judas Iscariot. That's why he's always, that's why you never see Simon and his last name. That's why you always have Judas Iscariot, to clarify. And there's another Apostle, whose name is Judas. He's the brother of James. The apostles were in Luke 6 13, Luke 6.13. And when it was day, he called on his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles. Simon, whom he also named Peter, and Andrew his brother, James and John, Phillips and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called Zelotus, and Judas the brother of James, and Judas Iscariot which also was the traitor. Isn't that interesting that there are two apostles with the name Jew? The fact that there are two apostles who have the same name and that name is Jew is significant because the fact that one of the apostles is named Jew who betrays Christ and another apostle is named Jew who does not betray Christ means that One apostle named Jew betrays Christ, another he doesn't betray Christ. That means that there are some Jews who are the deep enemies of Christ and will betray him, and there are some Jews who are the friends of Christ. That's what that means. And the man named Judas Iscariot was the one who betrayed Christ. And Judas, what's amazing, is Judas was not tempted outwardly to go to the chief priest because Judas didn't appear to be a traitor. He just looked like any other of the 12 and Judas looked outwardly to be just as loyal as the rest, just as devoted as the rest, just as all in it for Christ as the rest, just as all sold out for Christ as the rest. There was no outward sign to the disciples that Judas was anything else other than good and faithful servant, Judas. Because if there was any indication to any scribe, to any Pharisee, to any priest, that there was even a chance that Judas would be willing to betray Christ, he would have been approached. He would have been approached by the Pharisees and offered money to work with them because the focus of the Pharisees was, how can we destroy Christ? The Pharisees were holding internal meetings on how could they destroy Christ. Mark, Matthew 12, 14, Matthew 12, 14. Then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him how they might destroy him. The Pharisees were going outside of their group to have, to, uh, outside of their group to, to others and asking for their advice, how can we destroy Christ? Mark 3:6, Mark 3:6. The Pharisees went forth and straight forth, straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. John 11:47, John 11:47, then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, "What do we do? This man doeth many miracles." The Pharisees had actually formed a league with the scribes in order to destroy Christ. Mark 11:18, Mark 11:18, and the scribes and chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him. In addition to the Pharisees, the chief priests and the scribes, they were also working full steam, full throttle to kill Christ, to destroy Christ, to the point where they had a special division, the Pharisee seals. The Pharisee paratroopers, this special division, pretended to be followers of Christ, but they were spies. They were just spies whose mission was to bring back information on how Christ could be killed. Luke 20, 19, Luke twenty nineteen. And the chief priests and scribes the same hour sought to lay hands on him and they feared the people for they perceived that he had spoken this parable against them. And they watched him and sent forth spies, which should feign themselves just men, that they might take hold of his word, so they might deliver him unto the power and authority of the governor. And they asked him, Master, we know that thou sayest and teachest rightly, neither acceptest thou the person of any, but teachest the way of God truly. For all intents and purposes, the Pharisees and the scribes and the chief priests the elders they lived to destroy Christ. Luke 22, verse two, Luke 22, verse two. And the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him. You know, they were very good. The, the Pharisees have always been very good. Very, very good at making new laws. They make one law after another. You can't even keep track of them all. They, they're very good. Some, a lot of them they call, their are part of their oral law. Moses written, law, oh, we got an oral law. Well, catch us if you can, we just are gonna make new laws, one right after the other. They were so anxious to kill Christ, they made a new law. They made a new law. The new law said, any person who knows where Christ is has to come tell them so they can arrest him. John eleven fifty seven. 57, John eleven fifty seven. 57. Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees have given a commandment that if any man knew where he were, he should show it that they might take him. So if there was any indication that Judas was a weak link in the chain of the apostles, they would have gone to Judas. But there was no indication. There was no indication at all that Judas could be bribed. No, he Judas, went when Judas went to the enemies, he did it 100% on his own. It was his own. He went to the enemies unasked. He left, the home in Bethany where Christ was. And he didn't just take a stroll out for some little night air and just happened to come across Jerusalem. He left that time. He left that home there in Bethany. And he went directly to the chief priests. And he had one purpose in his mind, and it was Mark 14:10. Mark 14:10. Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went unto the chief priests to betray him unto them. Judas made a beeline directly to the palace of the high priest, Caiaphas, where Judas knew there was a meeting between the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people and Judas had one goal in going there, Mark 14, 10, to betray him unto them. Oh, what a picture that was. Can you imagine it? The assistant, they're meeting together. There's the on the door, and the people in the meeting say, yes, what is it? And the assistant says, one of Christ's inner circle is outside wanting to come in and address your meeting. And we can imagine how surprised and shocked everyone is in that meeting. And they, and they say to the assistant, bring them in, bring them in. This could be the break we're looking for. And we can see them all there sitting in silence, shocked, as Judas is standing in front of them, and they all they recognize, oh, yeah, we know who, yeah, we've seen to be four, inner circle of Jesus. And they're all wondering, what do you gotta say? What do you gotta say to us? And the first words out of Judas' mouth are in verse 15. Verse 15: What will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. Tom Cantor's messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. For other free resources, email us at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. Join our live services on YouTube by searching Friendship with God with Tom Cantor every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time.